Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I have with me today Beth Baracco. We met through just Instagram and a few other mutual friends on there, and she's just an awesome coach. Love her content. I just love her new no BS approach to all things fitness, nutrition, and she's just hilarious. I'm always cracking up all of her videos. She's like <laughs> queen of TikTok and everything else. But anyways, you guys, I just want to welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me, Beth. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, absolutely. Um, so before we dive in here, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would love for you just to kind of like, let's just start out with like, could you mind sharing your story? I know you have a very um, impactful story to share with people. And, you know, I actually just listened to your episode with um, Buddy Your Macros a couple of days ago, the one you were with them. And it was just, yeah. I, I loved hearing your story. And so I would love for you to first share that with my listeners. All right. Yeah. So do you want me to start like from, from the beginning of like my fitness journey? Should we start there? Or do you want to hear sure. my child? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. when, when were you born? What time? How much did you weigh? <laughs> um, okay. So <laughs> I guess how I got started in fitness, um, I, this is, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic um, over six years now. So um, six years ago, <clears throat> well, I guess, you know, my drinking kind of escalated over the years. You know, I lived in LA. Um, and I was, you know, a bartender, I had fashion designer, and I had a lot of like tragic things happen in my childhood that I never really dealt with. Uh, you know, my father passed away suddenly. And then the same year, a friend um, killed himself at a party I was at. And then a friend passed away in a car accident all in the same year. So I'm 18 year old Beth, you know, four days before graduation from high school, my father passed away. It's like, so every year, you know, graduation time is just weird. Um, it's very gloomy, you know, I don't never, I didn't have like a happy graduation. So from there, I kind of like traveled a lot and, you know, went to California and just started, didn't deal with the, any of the deaths. So just started drinking and, um, you know, living just, uh, uh, not like a hobo lifestyle, but just traveling fun, you know, party girl type thing. Um, and that kind of just carried on into my adult, uh, like thirties. Um, at one point, so I was in LA and I'm like, I'm going to, I want to end up dying here if I don't do something. So my brother met me and we traveled cross country together from LA to New York city. Um, I lived there for a while, um, did some decorative painting. Um, and at that time, my old high school boyfriend's sister contacted me and was like, Mike is looking for you. So he's now my husband. Um, so he came to New York city. I traveled back to Maine. Long story short, um, we get back together. Um, it was about a year and, um, he had a stroke right in front of me. Wow. Yeah. So, and that happened, um, from an accident planting trees. He was a landscaper at the time. So it wasn't like a, you know, from him being sick. Um, and so with the few days after that, that happened, he was going into rehab. He's in the ICU. He like, couldn't really talk he had to learn how to speak again. 
I found out I was pregnant with our son. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, from then, you know, I had the baby. We ended up getting married. Um, so my alcoholism kind of like escalated after I had my son, um, like probably with the first year, year after the first year he was born. Cause I breastfed and all that stuff. I wasn't really drinking, um, you know, during the pregnancy and all that stuff. I was actually good. Um, and you know, I was a stay at home mom. He owns his own business and living in Maine, you know, he was, a he snowplowed, um, and also owns a moving company now transition from landscaping to moving. And so I was always home. We have a stepdaughter. I have a stepdaughter. He has a daughter and I was always taking care of the kids and I just felt really isolated. But so I just drank, you know, nightly, you know, and it, it would be like a bottle of wine. And then the next day I'd take the kids to story time, um, trying to pretend that I felt amazing, you know, trying to be this like mom that could do it all. You know, I never asked, no one ever helped me, but I never really asked for help. I was like, that type of person. And no one really knew I was struggling because I never said anything. Um, so one night it was our anniversary. This was in 2015 in the summer. And, um, we were at a barbecue in August and, um, I drove home with both kids and I had a lot of alcohol in me. We made it home safe. No one got hurt. Um, but I woke, I didn't remember. So I woke up and I'm like, this cannot happen again. Um, And, you know, during these last few years before I quit, I was kind of like, I need to stop drinking. It was one of those things I was thinking about, Mm -hmm. but you never really want to admit that you have a problem. Like who wants to be like, I'm a fucking alcoholic. I I was kind of like waiting for someone to save me, you know, like I I really was was like, why doesn't anyone notice that I am struggling? You know, um, what do I need to do? (laughs) But meanwhile, it's like, okay, I'm the only one that can save myself. So there was a AA meeting down the street for me. Um, I found out that, you know, every 7 a.m. they had a meeting and I decided, okay, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to do it. That was probably the most hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like walking into an AA meeting, scared shitless, like, and saying, my name is Beth and I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, this is real. Like, who wants to do this? <laughs> who wants to, you know, it was very, it was very humbling. And, um, I decided to go every single day for an entire year. I never messed. I didn't miss a day. Um, at that same time, I met a girl named Allison. Um, she was doing some boot camp classes outside at five 30 in the morning. Um, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start like working out before I go to AA. Cause you know, my husband owned a business. So everything I had to do was before 8 AM. If I didn't do that, then I was home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met her at five 30. 6.30 done, kind of like went to the AA meeting um, and then was home by like 7.15. So I did that for a while with her. That's how it started. She got me into running. So at that time I like, you know, started doing my first 5K. Then I got, did a 10K, half marathon, you know, and I was like, oh, I got the fever. Um, <laughs> running, running was like kind of so hard that it gave me the focus of doing that because drinking, not drinking was really, a, really fucking hard. So it kind of was like a focus to get me my mind off the other, Interesting, (laughs) you know, um, and then she got a job, personal training somewhere else. So I was like, shit, what am I going to do? Just so happens a gym opened up across the street, um, from the AA meeting. So I had the AA meeting and I had a new gym in town. I was like, wow, this is perfect. 
Yeah. So I started, I started taking classes there at six. Um, then going to my AA meeting after that. Um, and at that time, my boss, he's now my really good friend, Hunter was looking for a, someone to look, work at the front desk. And my son at that time was just about to go into preschool. So I was like, sure, I'm going to take the job. It's part-time. So it'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could work in the mornings and go pick up my son at noon. Um, so I did that for a while. And at one point he asked me, you know, how do you feel about becoming a personal trainer coach? Um, I think you'd be really good. Um, so I was like, yeah, I started interning there. Um, and one thing I, since I already knew a lot of people that went there because I used, I was going there at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, that we all had something in common we were all working really hard. And I noticed a lot of the ladies, they were, you know, like, we're all like, I don't understand where I am not losing weight. Like we come here, we just kick ass in the gym. And I'm like, you know, I got to get to the bottom of this because I wasn't Mm -hmm. seeing results myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to get my nutrition certification first, um, uh, before my personal trainer certification, okay. because I'm like, you know what, I'm already getting, um, coach or I'm learning from the coaches here. So I'm going to, cause I don't think anyone was, um, certified in nutrition at that time. They were just certified personal trainers. So nice. then I joined the inner circle, which were inside it. Mm-hmm. I started doing, um, a lot of the stuff that he was teaching in there. So at the same time I was learning from him and taking my cert and putting it together, I started losing weight, right? I, I was mm-hmm. like weighing, weighing and measuring my food, tracking my calories, something I never did before focused on protein. And I was like, holy shit, I'm eating way too much. Um, I'm just eating too much. And it was like a light bulb moment went off. I started seeing results. Everything started clicking. Um, and so from there I started helping more people at the gym with nutrition and then I actually got certified as a personal trainer. And then I got my um, certified functional strength coach cert from Mike Boyle um, in Boston. So nice. Yeah. And then now like you, like I did the HMCC course, yep. um, certified mindset. So yeah, that's how it began really in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. So, so, so when was it that you first started doing like the training and the, um, like actually like in having clients, when was that? Um, well, in, in person clients, like 2016, 17, but, um, online coaching wasn't until 2020. And what's funny is, is Jordan Syatt, um, started a mentorship group Mm -hmm. before the pandemic. I was like, okay, I told my boss at the time, I was like, I'm going to, you know, what my goal is, is to initially start to go off on my own. Not yet. Yeah. Um, because I want something for me. Um, and I was, I said, you know, I lost, my mom lost her husband. You know, my dad was like 45 when he passed away. So my mom ended up losing the house, went going bankrupt. And so my husband was in his forties at the time. And I'm like, I don't want the same thing to happen to me. Like, what if my husband dies, he owns his own business and I'm left with nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I want something that I can, you know, have for my own that I love that, um, I could support us if, if needed. So come to, you know, crazy enough, the mentorship started in January and literally like when the pandemic happens and everything shuts down. So I'm like, guess it's happening happening sooner than I'd like to fucking, you know, (laughs) so I mean, I'm just getting thrown into it. So I like built my business during the pandemic while homeschooling. And yeah, here I am. Wow. Wow. Well, one thing that, one thing that I'd made a connection to and, and, and I'm, and you may or may not have like made this kind of correlation before. And, and I'm not, 
and I and I want to preface this with saying I'm not comparing alcoholism or you know alcohol addiction to food addiction, but mm-hmm. some of the things you mentioned about like having like that save me mentality or you know somebody's going to come help me or you know it's just going to happen overnight or mm-hmm. it, you know I hear a lot of that with you know both myself and my own health journey, but then like also with clients as well when it comes to food as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Do Do you ever make those kind of connections like? Com- comparing the two or looking back at like your lifestyle changes that you've made and then also like what clients are making now like with like health and fitness I think yeah there's a I think there's a huge correlation because we have to take action right like it's Mm -hmm. either you can remain the same or like I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired so you have to get to a point where you have to you have to fucking do the work none of what I did is easy. You know, none of it. I think people will look at someone and be like, Oh, look at how, you know, where they are right now, but they did not see everything that happened up until this point. Like my fitness journey wasn't perfect. Like people, I think they wait for the perfect plan or they wait for the perfect time. None of it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I quit drinking in the summer, <laughs> um, you know? Um, and of course I was thinking like barbecues, you know, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's work. And I just don't think people realize that later, like Mel Robbins. And I say this, like, no, one's coming to save you. Um, you have to do the work, uh, consistently and it's not going to be perfect. Like there was so many, you know, I wasn't shredded in like the first two or three years of my fitness journey. I was taking classes. I was running, I was just doing something and, and the, whatever you're doing is going to get you to the next level. You just keep learning, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but I can't remember who, who said it, but something about like change occurs when the pain of remaining the same or the pain of change outweighs the pain of remaining the same. Yeah. And I think of so many times people like they, they are looking for that quick fix or that magic pill or, you know, whatever it may be that they think that they can just like not put in the work and just like have a magic wand waved in front of them and they're going to lose the weight. And it's like, yeah. I, and it's like, I, I mean, and you, I'm sure you see this with clients as well as like people come to you and they expecting like it to be easy in a way. And, and yeah. I try to tell people like, it's, it's not going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Like you, you do have to put in effort and work into this. Right. Yeah, you do. And, and it's just, I don't know, like, I mean, I just feel like so many people overcomplicate this fitness and nutrition stuff like so much, like, mm-hmm. and I know you see it all the time and you talk about it a lot, like on your social media and such about like, just people like making, like worrying about the little stuff yeah, and just completely missing out on the big stuff. Oh yeah. Like you don't need to worry about pre-workout if you can't even get to the gym, I, I you know, or like focus on your sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and- and what are some of the other like big things like that you like would tell people like to really like start looking at before they even start worrying about those little tiny details that don't matter really? Yeah. It's like, focus on like small changes, like focus on getting more water, focus on walking more, you know, just, you don't need to worry about BCAAs and like, I, I just think that like, or, you know, what can I, what should I eat before the gym? What should I eat after the gym? It's like all these things that really don't fucking matter. If you don't mm-hmm. have the simple basics down. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, just eat more fruits and veggies, eat more protein, or they overcomplicate the protein, which is interesting to me because so many people are afraid of carbs, but no one's eating enough fucking protein. It's like, 
how are you eating only 50 grams of protein a day? Like, what are you eating? <laughs> but you won't have fucking bread. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I've never understood that either. And, and, and I, and so many people, and, and I've been working a lot, a lot with this with my clients. Cause I just had a, I had, had a group of clients start about two months ago with me and, mm-hmm. and a lot of, and a majority of them are struggling with protein. And it's just like, they're looking for all these different ways to add in protein and they want like all the different ideas. And while that's great, mm-hmm. I'm also like, just increase your portion sizes. Yeah. If you're eating four ounces of the chicken, eat five or six, you know, if you're, you know, right. or, you know, have a protein shake, you know, these people that are like, oh, our protein shakes are bad for you. And yada, yada, they have chemicals and everything else. It's just like, yeah. that's what you're worried about. <laughs> like, it's not that bad. Like, I remember, I think you had a post about like the premier protein shakes, like people like saying that, like they're bad for you and stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's just protein. Like I know. you're, you're concerned about that, but you're not concerned about, you know, like the soda or the, you know, whatever other chemical yeah. you're eating. Um, it's just frustrating. Yeah. That was me though, too. What's crazy is uh, I was, you know, the drinker, right. But I would give my husband shit for eating sugar. You know, I was like the health, I would like drink a fucking bottle of wine and juice the next day, you know, I'm completely like hypocritical. So <laughs> it makes me crazy when people poo poo, like, oh my God, a diet soda. It's like, how much alcohol do you drink this weekend? Like, uh, how is that making sense? <laughs> Cause yeah. I, you know, I was that person. So it's like, I know, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Or what, what about the, sh- look at all the sugar. It's like, how many margaritas did you have on Friday? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Exactly. Can we, can we count the sugar grams in that? <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially if you got the sugar rim instead of the salt rim, you know. <laughs> yeah, or look at the sodium and sugar. Yeah, how have a salted rim margarita. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, let's like touch on that real quick, if you don't mind. Like, you know, yeah, I don't think I've chatted a little bit about that on, on this podcast yet. But like, people who do drink alcohol, like you know, like what is this? What is that doing to their fat loss? You know, I guess first question is one: Can you? Mm-hmm lose weight while drinking alcohol. And two, if you do decide to drink alcohol, what is that doing to your weight loss progress? Um, oh yeah, you can, um, you know, you can include alcohol in your, mm-hmm. your life and lose weight for sure. I think what happens is it's the people that drink every single night and, um, drink every weekend, like, you know, maybe have one or two glasses a night, or let's say they have a, their daily glass of wine and then they, they have their social Friday and Saturday, um, that, yeah, that'll, that'll set you back. Um, and then what happens is, you know, what you eat during that time and, you know, alcohol is like seven calories per gram and your body's going to metabolize the alcohol before it, it goes to the fat. So, um, if you're not seeing reaching your goals, you might want to take a look at that. Yeah. And, and also know? not to mention, I mean, some people make a lot more poor decisions when they're under the influence of alcohol yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you might go out with some friends and be having some, you know, shots of alcohol or whatever it may be. And then next thing you know, you're all ordering appetizers and this and that and eating, you know, things that you normally yeah. wouldn't eat and you're just, but you've kind of lost that care for, you know, whatever you're eating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, you're eating the hungover food the next day and then you're not you're skipping, you're skipping the workouts and yeah. Cause what if they like greasy foods or something that's better for hangover or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's like every weekend. And it's, I swear, I think adults talk about peer pressure with kids. Adults are the biggest push peer pressure. It's Absolutely. like, if you're not, if you're not drinking, oh my God, they will be like, why aren't you drinking? But we tell our kids, you know, you don't have to listen. You don't have to do the thing, same thing as Tommy's doing, 
But meanwhile, we can't even fucking say no to our friends. It's like, you're an adult. You can say, no, I'm not drinking right now. How hard is that? But it's really hard, apparently. Absolutely. Let's chat more about that because I, I, I think so many people do fall victim to that. It's like, I'm going to a Mm -hmm. party, you know, this weekend and, and, you know, my plan is, you know, to eat this and that, and, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to limit this, limit that. But then, you know, after the weekend comes, you know, and I say, you know, how was, you know, how was the party? How'd it go? Well, you know, my friends were drinking and they told me, and I didn't want to miss out. I wanted to be a part of them. And, and it's just, and, and I get it. I mean, I've been the same way. I mean, I've been to parties and events and stuff with friends and it's just like, you know, you feel like if you're not drinking, you're missing out. And, yeah. you know, it took, it took a while before I realized like, you know, you don't have to have right. alcohol to have fun. Like, yeah. yeah. The only thing you're missing out is, is reaching your goals. Absolutely. You know, and that's where I put myself. It's like, some people ask me, do you ever, um, you know, fall off track? I don't drink anymore, but do you ever fall off track? Uh, it's like, or do you ever say fuck it and stop counting your calories? It's like, okay, for me, like if I have a goal, um, I'm going to, and this, this takes practice. Like I've built habits. I'm going to do whatever I can because I, to reach that goal, I know what to do. I don't say fuck it to my goals. I think that's what the place that you have to come in. It's like, you know what? No, I, this is what I want to do for myself. It's not about anybody else. I don't give a shit what Karen is doing. She can have her fucking 10 bottles of wine. I don't need to. Um, you have to kind of go there and realize that you're not missing out on anything besides reaching your goals. Yeah. And, and one thing I've also encouraged my clients to do before is like, and this is much easier said than done, I will say, mm-hmm. but sometimes just going in and like, if you have close friends, you're always hanging around and maybe they, yeah. they are like inadvertently peer pressuring you to, you know, drink or, you know, you know, eat the extra serving of food or eat, you know, eat, eat more than you normally would or pushing you to do this and that. Sometimes just having an open and honest conversation with them and saying, yeah. Hey, you know what guys? I'm trying to work on becoming a better version of myself. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm working on trying to lose some weight and, you know, will you meet some resistance possibly? Yes. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, but I think this also comes down to people sometimes know deep down themselves, they should be making changes. Yeah. And so when they see someone else making those changes and becoming and working on their themselves, they almost feel guilty. Like, yeah. like, like, and it's easier for them just to pull you back into where they're at versus Mm-hmm. try to follow in your own footsteps. It's so true. It's so true. And I think when we're in it, we need to not think about the moment. How will you, how do you want to feel in the moment, but how do we want to feel tomorrow and the next day? Like go there instead of like, cause everything's like so instant, right? Instant gratification. Mm-hmm. We're not looking about how we're going to wake feel when we wake up in the morning. Yeah. I and mean, not only when you're, how you're going to feel, but then like, and like feel like physically, but like also like mentally. Yeah. And I think a lot of people struggle with is kind of like that, that guilt the next day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, maybe they go out and have more drinks than one or two, and maybe not even, not even mentioning alcohol, but it's like, maybe they overate one day and the next day it's like, they just feel so guilty. Like, oh, I yeah. did, you know, I've screwed this all up. I've, right. Know, I, and then it's either, you know, I need to go do an hour of cardio or I need to under eat for the day. And it's like, I just wish people would realize that it, you don't have to do that. Like just get back, yeah. right back on track. And, and that's one thing I encourage my clients to do that, you know, I, I, I really encourage all my clients, like when I've told them, I'm like, please be honest with me when things happen and when things mm-hmm. come up, like, because I want to be able to help you through that next day and like understand yeah. that, you've done, that you've done nothing wrong. And I've right. had a couple of people reach out to me and say, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I just completely blew all my calories out today. I stopped tracking for dinner and just kind of said, fuck it and, and ate whatever I wanted to. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe you enjoyed the day, get right back right. on track tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. You'll be just fine. 
you know, you're, you're doing more harm for yourself if you try to sit in the guilt and restrict further, because then it's just going to create yeah. more problems down the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't, you don't, so you say you went over, you drank, so what, wake up the next morning, you know, like move forward is like the past of the past. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's another thing is like, we have to learn to identify ourselves as the new person that we're becoming instead of like sticking with our old selves. Mm -hmm. So many times people like they, and kind of tying this back to people who fall under the peer pressure of their friends is like, they, they feel like it's sometimes it's harder to become that new person Mm -hmm. when your friends are trying to keep you because they, they know you as the old you, you know, no one, no one knows you as the new you yet. And so you have to start identifying as that person more often acting like that person more often and becoming that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. And like, it's okay to fall. You just get back up. You know, that's part of the process. I think people don't realize is like your journey is not going to be a perfect road to the, (laughs) you know, like taking that just, and just, you learn from every fall. Just what did you learn from that? And how can you be better next time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what are some things that I think, so we, we talked about like things that are like really important that people like minimize throughout like the fatless process, but what are some things that people like over exaggerate or things that are like overrated when it comes to nutrition, fitness that just kind of like really eat at you. And there maybe some common things you see in your clients when they first start with you that, you know, you really have to start working with them, like right out of the gate is like things they should not be worried about right now. Um, I think the scale is a huge one, mm-hmm. huge one. It's <laughs> like, I think that's like one of the top things that, um, healing your relationship with the scale. Um, cause people get so, I think from diet culture and just from the restrictive things that they've done before, like doing something that's more sustainable and slower makes it so much more daunting to them. Like they're not seeing those instant gratification results from the scale which I think people always put their focus on a number that they've made up in their head. And if the scale's not moving, that means they are not making any fucking progress. Um, that's the number one thing I, I see. What about you? Yeah. I mean, definitely the scale, but I was also like, I think just about like good foods, bad foods. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that also just kind of like, I really wish people would start to learn that like no food is inherently good or bad. Yeah. You know, Yes, some foods are more nutritious, some are more calorie dense, but you can have any food you want in your diet as long as you, you know, work it in. Yeah. And some people think, you know, and I know when people start with me, like, it's like, oh, I, you know, I need to cut out sugar. I need to cut out carbs. I need to cut out, you know, this mm-hmm. and that. And it's like, I don't want to talk about all the things you have to cut out. Like, let's just start working on like, are you eating vegetables? Are you eating fruits? Are you eating yeah. enough protein? Like, we'll worry about all that. And honestly, if you're eating more of that stuff, you're probably going to already cut back on the other because you're going to be filling up on some of the uh, more nutritious yeah. foods Yeah. without even trying to cut back on the other mm-hmm. others. Yeah. I usually start out and tell them, listen, okay, you're, I'm not telling you to stop eating anything. Like nothing's off limits. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but I do want you to make sure you're focusing on getting more veggies and um, whole grains and fruits. And then I want you to make sure that you're fitting in those fun foods. And it, it takes a while for them to get used to that. Cause they're not, it's like, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, people, people think that like you're, you're like going off course or, or they're having a cheat meal. So, to yeah. speak, you know, when, when they have these foods that, you know, they consider bad mm-hmm. foods and it's like, they're not, you're not cheating on yourself, you know, cheat. 
I had somebody ask me the other day, like, what were my thoughts on cheat meals? And, and I'd love to get yours in a moment as well. But, I, you know, pretty much what I told them was like, I feel like cheat meals, just having the word cheat in it mm-hmm. already means that you're doing something bad. I mean, think yeah. about when we say cheating, we think of cheating on a test, which is bad, cheating in a relationship, which is bad. So mm-hmm. when if I say cheating on a diet, wouldn't that mean bad? Yeah. Like, so stop calling it a cheat meal and just enjoy the foods that you like. And then just focus on the majority of healthier foods, you know, foods that are, have more mm-hmm. nutritious value to them. I mean, what, what yeah. are your thoughts? So like, what do you work with your clients as far as when they say the, like, same, the same, like, it's not like, like you should be, it, all foods should be included. Right. So that means you're not cheating just because you have a slice of pizza. Um, you know, like that should already be part of your diet. Um, I had someone comment on a video today, like, can you show us a picture of what you looked like before? Because some of us can't eat um, like you do. And it's like, actually, no, you can. <laughs> um, let me show you. It's called, you know, everything in moderation. Um, no food is like bad or good. It's like, you have to make sure that, you know, um, you are focusing on taking care of your mindset, like, you know, your emotions, your stress. Um, it's like work through all those things and realize that food is not this, this, going to solve your problems, mm-hmm. um, for you. So we've got to like work on the mindset part too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a absolutely. Well, another thing I want to chat about is, um, I know you said you like, um, well, and I always love like some of like the recipes or not, or not necessarily like recipes, but like food ideas and such that you share, like, and I always think it's kind of creative and like finding new ways to include like, um, vegetables and like more protein into your diet and such. Mm-hmm. What are some things that like, like if you're, client comes to you and says, you know, I'm trying to get in more vegetables. Like how, how do you yeah. start like incorporating in that into their diet rather than just like saying, just eat more vegetables with your meals. Like, how do you help them like, kind of like work more of those in throughout the day? Um, I usually say like maybe swapping out a meal with a big ass salad. Um, right now it's winter and a lot of people are struggling with like this, they don't want the salads. It's like, okay, well maybe some roast, some veggies, like veggies, like roasted are really, really mm-hmm. good. You know? Right. Oh my God. Like roasted broccoli is like candy to me. Oh yes. <laughs> um, you could roast anything or put it in the air fryer. Yeah. Put it in the air fryer and it'll taste good. But, um, or, you know, soups, like make, make some like veggie, like chili type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. find it, just finding something that has more veggies in it. Um, and it's not like you have to eat like a mega ton of veggies a day. Just try to eat more or, you know, actually I say focus on getting 25 grams of fiber. So yeah. if you're focusing on that number of the fiber, that means you're already getting a more. And that's what's, you know, key too, because fiber is filling, it'll help digestive system. Um, so that's a good one to do as well as, you know, focus on the fiber. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've touched on that very much on the podcast is like, as far as like, you know, it's one of those micronutrients that's just like super important that a lot of people don't look at. And I do the same mm-hmm. thing with my clients is like, sometimes like if they're like, folk, like, and I, I like to say like, Fiber is one of those things where it does it always define what your food quality is like. No, because there's a lot of foods mm-hmm. that like are high fiber that you know really aren't you know that great for you as far right. as like, nutritious quality goes. But for the most part, though, like I can look at somebody's fiber, and if it's really low, that could indicate that they're having some you know lower quality foods majority mm-hmm. of the time versus yeah. whether someone has a really high fiber diet. So definitely, that's a good thing to look at. Yeah. And, Even and for those, myself, you know, I make sure I get 25 grams of fiber and it's not always easy. It's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not actually eating enough veggies or fruit right now. Yeah. And, so. and, and those of you who are listening, I would encourage you, you know, if you, if you track like on my fitness power, whatever app you use, like 
and I don't know if you've looked much into the app, those who are listening, but you know, you can look on there and like scroll back mm-hmm. and like, look at like, how, it tells you how much fiber you're getting each day. So yeah. you know, definitely go back and look through that and see, you know, what you're getting and maybe see just increasing that can help with your food yeah. quality and vegetables. Absolutely. They say, I think it's 25 grams for women and I, I'm not sure men, I'm thinking 50. I know it's a lot more for men. Um, I think it was about 35 actually. Is it 35? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, and then as far as protein goes, what are your like favorite go-to sources for like protein? And also like I, share some of your, like, I love like the little, like, like the yogurt bowls you make and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. sh- share some of like those ideas that you like to have to get your protein up throughout the day. Oh my God. Um, so my top one that I used to eat all the time, I mean, I had this every single night was a jello yogurt bowl. So I would get the sugar-free jello cups. Um, and like a cup of Greek yogurt, mix that together. Usually like the cherry or the strawberry sugar-free ones, um, the jello cups were the best. Then I'd get light cool whip, put that on top. And then I'd sprinkle like, let's say strawberries or blueberries. And let me tell you, like, and then sometimes a little bit of granola, we're talking granola adds up quick. So (laughs) sprinkle that shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like um, that, that salt meat you guys yeah, <laughs> salt that's, down. that's the dab um <laughs> but that was filling and it would get like a ton of protein in and i would usually have it after dinner and i would not feel deprived it was like that was my sweet craving and i would make sure that would get all my protein in for the rest of the day that's like massive go-to for me um and like it it is good yeah. I have not tried that. I remember seeing that, but I haven't tried, tried that yet. I, yeah. I keep forgetting to try that. I need to, I need to go to the grocery store later. So I'll have to get good. some of those things and try that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, um, my love, another one is my protein premier protein pudding bowl. Um, oh, yes. with like any flavor of premier protein and sugar-free, um, whatever sugar-free jello pudding that you like. I mean, the, the opportunities are endless with this. I've made so many different recipes with it. Uh, it's just like one premier protein and one sugar-free jello, let's say chocolate and chocolate, chocolate pudding. I've made pistachio, I've made pumpkin, and then you could also make it into a pie. Mm. So you get like the light um, graham cracker crust. You can make the single ones. So yeah. you have like baby little servings. And I think it's like, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred calories and you have your little mini pie. So you can make like a chocolate pie. You could put light cool up on it. So that's another option. That's a fave. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I have so many good recipes and, and they sound like they all work very well with a deficit too. I mean, like someone who's oh, like, yeah, yeah. lost their calories, mm-hmm. but still want to get that little bit like sweet, you know, sweet treat in at the end of the night. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing. I think what people don't realize is that you eat the same way that you are in a deficit that you do in maintenance. I'm just able to eat a little bit more now. So I still keep my basics. I'll still have a jello bowl or I still have like a pro- premier protein A because mm-hmm. that's protein in it. I could just maybe add more toppings to it. Yep. Um, I extra think sprinkle granola. <laughs> yeah, I can have extra granola now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, um, and as far as so we've talked about some nutrition stuff here. I want to cover some also like some like fitness stuff towards the end here. Like, what are some mm-hmm. things that like people who are fairly new to maybe like trying to lose weight and such that you like really encourage them to focus on when they're going to the gym? Um, those compound movements, you know, like the squat, the deadlift, overhead press, um, things like that for sure. It's like, um, I always tell them that like this, your program is going to be ba- basic, boring, like, right. It's not going to be crazy. I think that's what people think they're going to do some crazy different workout every single day. It's like, no, like 
you're going to stick, stick to the basics and it, it changes, you know, but it's still mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Um, and they work. You just yeah. get stronger each time. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people get confused and they think that you need to like confuse your muscles or you need to do all these different, yeah. like crazy lifts. Like, and it's just like, just stick to the basics. Like, um, you know, my, I remember my coach saying one time, like pretty much like to get stronger, you just keep doing the same boring things over and over yeah. repeatedly the same moves. And it's just like, you're exactly. like you said, the compound basics. Yep. Absolutely. Well, what are like, just like out of curiosity, just for like, from your standpoint, like what are your next like goals? Do you have any like goals you're focusing on right now? Good question. Um, what's crazy is I just for the first time, like stopped, not for the first time, but, um, in May, I started like eating more calories. I went to like a reverse diet into like, I was working with my, this coach Jody. Um, and she got me up to like over 2000 calories. And in August, I just stopped tracking, which is just crazy for me. I have always tracked calories. And so now I'm just kind of intuitively eating, which is a first for me. Um, and I'm just in maintenance right now. I think for the first time, I don't really have like a specific goal. I've always had some form of goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, right now my goal is like my business. Mm -hmm. Um, and for fitness wise, I just make sure that I get my workouts in every single week. I actually go to the gym that I used to coach at and my old boss is now my coach, my, my personal trainer. Nice. So I go there, you know, two days a week, um, with him. And then I take, um, two classes like throughout the week, um, as well, just to get some movement for fun. And so that's what I do. I just keep up with my strength training. I keep up with my walking. Um, and those are my goals right now. Nice. No, I, 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 I love that. And like with intuitive eating, like, and that's definitely one thing that I'm, you know, I've been talking to my coach more about, and, you know, we're going to start making that swap, you know, eventually or moving towards that more Yeah. Um, right now I'm focusing more on a deficit. So it's, it's, you know, a little bit easier to work on once you're at maintenance, but Mm-hmm. What are some like challenges that if you are, have you run into any big challenges with intuitive eating so far? Um, I think it's just still, it's weird and it's, it can be scary, um, that you're eating more and not like really focusing on, you know, tracking it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's a new place, which it, it can, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh God, maybe I should start tracking again. You know, you know, yeah. um, yeah. as coaches, we still struggle. So absolutely, it's, it's something that I still work at, but I'm like, okay, this is something that I, I just want to live my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get people ask me all the time. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what's your macros? It's like, actually, <laughs> I don't have any, I just make sure that I get my protein in. I make sure that every meal, I know what it looks like. I've done, I've tracked calories for so long. Yeah. So it's like, you want to get to this point. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I've been, I've been trying to focus a lot more on. And I think that's something that, you know, Austin mentioned listeners as well as like, when you're tracking, like, you're not just like, you don't want to get in the habit of like, just relying just on your tracker mm-hmm. to like, think of like what the calories and protein are that you're getting in. Like really look at like, you know, this plate of food, this has this, this many calories, like, and, and I, and I'm guilty myself. So that's what I'm working on getting better at it. So you can eventually intuitively eat, but like, yeah look at a meal and then really think about, okay, this has 300 calories. This has, you know, 40 grams of protein. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think so many times I know I used to get stuck in, like just plug everything into the tracker, keep swapping numbers around until it all fits and not really looking at like what each individual food has in it. And so like, if you really start paying more attention to that, it really helps later on once you start to intuitively eat. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I make sure I'm getting, you know, fruits and veggies every day. And, you know, you just kind of, I stop eating before I become full. So it's just my, it's mindfulness. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Well, before we wrap up here, I always like to ask uh, my guests on the show, like two big pieces of advice or that you would give somebody who is fairly new into this weight loss process, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just starting out and what would be your two biggest pieces of advice for them just getting started? Taking action, even when you don't want to <laughs> realizing that I think a lot of people like I'm not motivated. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to brush my teeth every day, make my bed, go to work, but you do those things. And mm-hmm. I think people just feel, need to realize that you just kind of keep doing, even when you don't want to do it consistently and it mm-hmm. like, and let go of the perfection of it. Consistency over perfection. Right. So Absolutely. I think that's, that's the first one. And then like, uh, the all or nothing mindset, like something is always better than nothing. So if you can't walk 30 minutes, great, that's fine. Walk 10. Um, but you can always do something. Absolutely. That's my, my advice. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Well, Beth, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Thank podcast you. today. I love chatting with you, actually getting to meet with you face-to-face actually Yeah. <laughs> after we've chatted some online. Um, I know, right? But where can people find you and are you taking any clients right now? I right now I'm actually booked up till February. Good for you. I know. My, <laughs> That's good. My, co- my co-coach Justin is taking clients though. So I have like okay. a, a coach on my team. We actually coached together at the gym for like four years. So nice. he's, I had to, I'm like, I need somebody. And he's the only one I could trust just like me swears like me. It's no bullshit. <laughs> um, so, but then I, you know, I have group coaching, which launches another round in February. So yeah. Right now I'm, I'm kind of booked, but, um, you can find me on TikTok, Beth Brocco fitness, Instagram, Beth Brocco fitness, or, um, I think that's it. All right. Yeah. Well, good deal. I'll be sure to share all those links in the show notes for any of you guys who are looking for, um, definitely reach out, talk to Beth. She's a great person. Um, thank you. well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day guys. Talk to you later. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram, at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.